Welcome back to Down for the Count, ladies and gents. I'm one-fourth of your co-hosts. On behalf of Alexis, Janae, and Nicole, we'd like to welcome you back to the show. Now, we got two of our podcast girls with us today. Alexis is back for a short amount of time. Um, She's still going to be on her hiatus after this, but she'll be back soon. And as always, I have Janae and Nicole. She's out making money. She's at the work. So <laughs> she'll be back. <laughs> she'll be back the next time that we do the show. So say hi, ladies. Hello. Y'all just can't get rid of me, man. I try to take a break and shit happens and just pulls me back in. Fuck. <laughs> so it was an adventurous week, I guess you can say. Um, first things first, we're going to get the short stuff out the way. Okay. So AEW um, had a little twist earlier in the week and Ivalice decided to come out on Twitter. And at first, these little cryptic tweets came out a few weeks ago. And everybody was questioning her about what's going on. And she said she couldn't say anything. So it now comes out this week that she was let go and she was no longer signed with AEW. Her rendition of the issue is that she was having an issue with the coach she gave. She told the higher ups about it and nothing was done. And she also had an issue with Thunder Rosa and her having lack of respect for Ivelisse as the veteran and whatever. Um, as far as I know, I, I don't believe what she says about Thunder Rosa is true. I know a lot of fans were trying to look at things and speculating, looking at matches, saying she was overstepping her bounds and doing things. I think more specifically when it came to Thunder Rosa in matches with Ivelisse, she was improvising when things went wrong. So that's what you're supposed to do. Um, rather than her taking it as her overstepping her bounds, she should have been more thankful that Rosa was able to recover the match and not it break down like it did prior to like a month, a couple matches did before when they had the guy pretty much laid out in the middle of the ring like he was dead. Mm-hmm. You know, it could have been like that, but you know, whatever. Anyway, <clears throat> she was on Twitter talking with fans and she kept, you know, feeding the narrative that AEW was against her for some reason. And then we're putting Thunder Rosa on this pedestal. Now, um, I'll let Janae and Nicole, I mean, Janae and Alexis chime in and have their say about it. But the reality is, I do think that there's some truth to what the, to what Ivelisse is saying in terms of her treatment in AEW. There could be a little kernel of truth. However, I am aware that Ivelisse does have problems follow her no matter where she goes. Um, And that can also diminish her credibility when it comes to her speaking out about her treatment or more specifically speaking out about how she, you know, worked within a company as a whole. It seems no matter where she goes, there's always something wrong there and she's always at the center of it. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But for right now, Ivelisse is no longer all elite. Um, so when this news broke, I did some, cause I, yes, I'm still on my break, but, um, I did some research about Ivelisse and, um, just to piggyback on what you said there for a little bit, every time she goes into a promotion, a promotion can have like, you know, every promotion is not perfect. Let's just start by saying that. Okay. But it just seems like every time she showed up somewhere, she would have an issue. And it's just, it's kind of weird because she had issues in Lucha Underground. There was issues in Impact and she was there for a hot second. And it's just like, hmm, okay. Um, 
we've talked like, and I'm not saying this because we interviewed Thunder Rosa, but Rosa's a professional. Like, no one's ever said anything bad about her. I don't know if she was expecting like what went down with Tessa Blanchard with her putting out these little or whatever, and then I don't know what Evelise was doing, but um, and I'm not putting all the blame on her because if there was some shit that was going on in the back, we've been talking about this for months now, that there's some shady shit going on in the back of AEW. And again, every promotion has some shady shit going on, but it just seems kind of weird that she had an issue with Rosa, which it just sounded, it really just sounded like she was throwing a hissy fit. But if there is a genuine reason why she got upset with more than just Thunder Rosa and there's like bullshit going on in the back, it, it won't surprise me if like six months from now, more stuff comes out about it. It, it, it wouldn't really shock me like at all. Do I think she handled it unprofessionally? Yes, but um, you know, she's out. So if, you know, she don't have any chains to hold her back, she needs to come out and talk. But like, to me, it just seems like she needs to stop blaming Thunder Rosa for everything that went wrong in AEW. I agree. But I mean, she's no longer under contract, Ivelisse. What's stopping you from talking, girl? Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah, just, tell us, just tell us what happened, sis. We just, we just want the ticket. We know. I mean, like, it's, I mean, we say this, but it's like, Ivelisse, you have no problem telling people about what goes on. So now it's like, you're not under contract with them anymore. Do you want to go back there? Is that what you're saying? Because I don't know what you're trying to do, but just come out and say the shit, man. We want to know. Like, we're nosy. <laughs> <laughs> Janae, what do you think? Um, I mean, I'm just going to be straight right off the bat. Let's be for real. Any promotion that Ivelisse has gone to, something has happened. Correct. When things happen for a while, sometimes you have to not look at the company, but you have to start looking at yourself. But... Well, I will say is um, I'm not going to invalidate what she's saying because it could have possibly happened. Um, so for her to like come out and say that, let's be real. She has burned every single bridge with every single promotion she's been to. Mm-hmm. The girl is not going to gain anything <laughs> from this in my eyes. Agreed. It's not like it's not like she's going to come out and say something about AW and all of a sudden WWE's going to be like, you want a contract or Impact or MLW or ROH. It's not going to be like, oh, you, you want a contract? So the girl is not gain, gaining anything by coming out and saying that she was mistreated while she was in AEW. I right. think it's just one of those things where um, it happened with the coaches and there are people covering up because let's be for real, AEW has done a remarkably great job at keeping everything backstage backstage they're not letting anything out so it appears that aw might be this really happy-go-lucky fun place to work at. and for some wrestlers that may be the truth um and i think she's just shedding like that everything is not as great as it seems backstage um and certain wrestlers are not happy about that or maybe they don't see it because in their experience they haven't went through anything like that i do say i think the thing with uh thunder rosa isn't true um 
Thunder Rose is a very hardworking wrestler. She has her own promotion. I just don't see her doing things to like get ahead of the competition. Her wrestling work speaks for to herself as to why she's where she's at right now as being a really great wrestler. Um, at this point, like Emily, honestly, like Alexis was saying, just drop the deets, girl. Drop the deets because it's not like you're going to end up going back to AEW. So just drop the deets make a full-on statement because it's like you can't you come out and say all these things and then everyone's like well give us a statement and then you go I'm tired I don't want to talk about it it's just like that's like basically saying you're gonna cook dinner and you prep everything you tell everybody what the menu is and then you say you know what I'm not gonna feed y'all yeah that's exactly how it is so it's just like you already came full force you made the the statement you might as well just say the rest and that might potentially help anyone who maybe is trying to break into an actual company that's on tv and maybe they might say hey you know what aw may not be for me neither may not be wwe and let them make that decision on their own so i got to say about that <laughs> well everybody said they had their say about this hopefully next time we do this we'll have nicole at least come in and have her say later on but for the most part that's all the time we're gonna give miss evilise okay we're gonna let her sit on her toilet throne and move on okay so now it's time to get into the nitty-gritty okay so per every year wwe releases a certain amount of wrestlers it's not usually a big deal we usually see it and we say, okay, that makes sense. Well, last year they upped the ante during the pandemic and released about half of their roster, including half of Titan Tower, which, you know, obviously is ominously called Dark Wednesday, it's Black Wednesday. This particular past Wednesday, they had their annual spring cleaning and they released several superstars. They released Samoa Joe. They released Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Calisto, Tucker, Wesley Blake, Mickey James, and there's one more. Billy Kay, Mickey James, Peyton Tucker, Royce. Peyton Royce. Um, those. Not, Steve, not Steve Cutler, but the other guy. Wesley Blake, Tucker, Calisto, Samoa Joe, Peyton, Mickey James, Chelsea Green, Billy Kay. Yeah, it was Chelsea. I forgot Chelsea. Sorry, and Chelsea. It was, and Chelsea Green. So they released one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, and Bo Dallas. A total of nine superstars. Okay, so let me make sure I give you guys the names right this time. So they released Samoa Joe, Billy Kay, and Peyton Royce. Chelsea Green, Wesley Blake, Mickey James, Mojo Riley, Tucker, Calisto, and Bo Dallas. All were released this past Wednesday and Thursday. Mojo was the last one who was announced to be released. Now, most of those people that were released, we weren't really surprised about, but there were at least three or four that all of us were just like, what the fuck just happened? Samoa Joe being the first one, okay? I, I, I don't understand why Joe was released at all. I'm very confused by that. 
And if you're gonna come with the whole, he had, he was under concussion protocol, so was Daniel Bryan. They put Daniel Bryan under contract for two years as a non-wrestling character. And then they went, they let him go and get expert advice from all these experts. And now he's back to full and part-time wrestling. You're trying to convince me that this was done solely because he was under concussion protocol. I don't understand if I don't think I can actually believe that. Samoa Joe is commodity. It doesn't matter if he's wrestling or doing commentary or whatever he does. He shines in anything that he does. It is unfair to him to cut him like that. He didn't even get a chance to get out of the blocks. It wasn't right. Now, Billy, Billy, Billy had had an opportunity to make herself relevant, and she did that without wrestling. Again, another non-wrestling character that would have worked at helping another wrestling character get over. I think Nicole used to say it a lot, and Alexis says it a lot too. Valets and managers are a lost art in wrestling. They don't utilize them anymore like they should. The Robert Stones and the Malcolm Bivens of the world are few and far between. And they need to use them more on the main roster because they work. They are an integral part of the story. They are an integral part of wrestling as a whole. Another person that I grew to be um, kind of upset about being released was Chelsea. Chelsea had an interview and she explained and went through how it got to the point of her being released and what it was like working at WWE. I really like Chelsea's energy and the way she presents herself, how she speaks. She comes off very sweet and kind, but she's very upfront and realistic. She's not trying to be anything other than what she is, and that I can appreciate. I wish they would have given Chelsea the opportunity to do what she wanted to do. I feel like Chelsea could have given you a really good story whether it be in a mid-card or in a top-tier title position, she could have been a good opponent for Bianca to kind of help build Bianca's legacy, but also make sure Chelsea was seen. The way that they used Carmella is how they could have used Chelsea. And they just they just wasted her. The last person I oh, I'll give you, I'll let you guys have it in a second. The last person that I was very shocked about was Mickey James. Mickey could have been an anchor for the Raw Women's Division the way that Natalia is the anchor for the entire women's division. You you are not utilizing her and her knowledge like you use Natalia and her knowledge. I understand that Natalia is a heart and she has a vast knowledge of wrestling, but Mickey James is a six-time women's champion, and that is just in WWE. That doesn't count her countless titles outside of the company. She has a vast knowledge of wrestling too. And for her to be at her age, she was more than, she has more wisdom than half that roster combined. She could have guided a lot of these superstars into the characters that they needed to be and help mold them and shape them the way that you used her to bolster bliss. You could have done this with the other girls there. Mandy needs her, Dana need her, they all need her, and you just, you you wasted her, 
Now somebody else is going to get her, and their division is going to be great, which is great for their division. But God damn it, WWE, you needed her. And you fucked up. Royalists. This, this, this release, I mean, it's, they're like all across the board, I'm kind of pissed. Like, <laughs> this is what dragged me fucking back, kicking and screaming, man. I swear to fucking God. Like, fucking, so you're going to tell me. Samoa Joe. I'm going to go off on a rant here, so please forgive me because I'm a Samoa Joe fangirl. The love I have for this man comes in second for the love that I have with my husband, okay? So, like, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't find anything to do with Samoa Joe. This man is a rarity. We always talk about how like, you always get these indie darlings who show up and they don't know how to fucking talk. They don't know how to do promos. They don't, like, it's great. Oh, you can do a 630 flip off the fucking turnstile or turnbuckle. So can every fucking buddy else, it seems like nowadays. You couldn't tell me. You cannot, like, you let him go. But you cannot think in your fucking head, you could take Samoa Joe, who could read a fucking phone book and make it sound like a sermon where you're about to get your ass whooped afterwards. Like, this man's about to beat me with this phone book he just read from. And like, to, like, say like, hey, Joe, why don't you like, we have this great idea. You're doing great on commentary. Do you want to go down to the PC center and help these fuckers learn how to talk? Because half of them don't know how to do promos. You could have put him in a manager position until he was fucking cleared of everything. And he could have done like MVP for Bobby Lashley. Joe could have put somebody like that in the spotlight. Because a lot of them can wrestle. That's great. A lot of you motherfuckers. You don't know how to talk. And I don't know who's doing promo classes down in the PC right now, but you needed someone like Joe. And then you're going to let Mickey James, who Mickey James does not get her fucking flowers. This woman, like I, I've watched wrestling when Nikki James, when Nikki James first came out and I'm so tired and I love Lita and I love Trish. Don't get me wrong. Mickey James always gets severely overlooked when it comes to the women of the time like the time that's come before now aspects she does not get her flowers she does not get the respect that she deserves and you couldn't tell me you couldn't keep her as a backstage like somebody to help these women are you fucking serious right now you have two of the greatest wrestlers to walk god's green earth and you let them go because of some bullshit reason like budget cuts now, see, John Laurinaitis is about to get a phone call from me. Because when I heard that shit, I was about ready to go kill this motherfucker. Like, I was, like, that pissed. And if you had told me a year ago that, hey, Alexis, you're going to be mad when Billy Kay gets released, I would have been like, are you serious, <laughs> Billy Kay? I'm going to be mad with her. Like, bye, girl, bye. Like, that's what I would have been like. But now that I got to see her character and like they got her away from Peyton because it was like we were always saying, oh, if the Iconics broke up and they got Peyton away from Billy, Peyton would be the, no, it was like the total opposite. Mm -hmm. And like, I was legitly upset when I heard that Billy left and I'm just like, why? She's entertaining. She's annoying as hell. But we all know Billy Kay's character was so realistic because we all know that one girl or that one guy, we all have that one friend who's so super, I'm probably that friend to you guys who are so fucking annoying. They're just like, I love you. 
but shut the fuck up. Like, you know, you have that one person and she would have been a great manager, like a mouthpiece for somebody. Like you could have took someone who's like, again, get on the mic. Again, a lot of y'all can't talk. Or you could have made someone who's like really uncomfortable speaking in front of people. Or they're just kind of like, uh, uh, uh. And Billy could have been like, you know, the one friend who's like kind of like introverted, and like, I don't want to say social anxiety, but they're just like around big crowds and they're just like, uh, and then here comes Billy, who's like the fucking hype woman. And she's like, no, you're the baddest bitch here. Now go out and show them. Like, you know, it's like, and then Tucker pissed me off, not to the extent of the other three, but it's like heavy machinery should have been dominating that tag team division. They should mm-hmm. have been. Smackdown women, that was Smackdown women, wow. <laughs> uh, Smackdown tag champs. Yeah. There, there is no reason, because they have all the hype behind them. And I said this to you guys when they broke them up. I said, so what's going to happen to Tucker? And I think I said this again when he got, re- when you know, uh, before he was released. I'm mm-hmm. like, when he was down in NXT, because he was, Tucker was in NXT before Otis showed up. And he was floundering in NXT because yeah he was this big guy who could wrestle but other than that what was to his personality same thing with Montez Ford great athlete but there was like something or not Montez Ford um Dawkins Dawkins thank you Dawkins is a great athlete a big man should not move like that but that's what makes him such a great wrestler and then Montez showed up and they put him with Montez and then they put Tucker with Otis can you have two of the greatest tag teams that's ever graced NXT you bring them up to the main roster. You put all the focus on Otis. Tucker's just floundering, you know, whatever. And then you split them up for some bullshit reason. And then we never saw Tucker. Mm-hmm. Never broke up. And they should have never broke up heavy machinery. And I'm going to say something very controversial. If they let Tucker go, they should have let Otis go too. I have to agree. What the fuck's he been doing? Running around with Chad Gable. So, and I'm just like Mickey James, Samoa Joe, and Billy Kay. Those were like the big three that pissed me off. Like when I heard Joe got released, I saw fucking red. I'm like, there's no fucking reason. Like he, Joe, Joe's like one of those guys who could do anything. And again, it sounds like I'm being a mark. I don't fucking care right now. That's Joe's true. Like, he can wrestle. He can be a trainer. He can talk. He can do commentary. He was the only thing making Monday Night Raw entertaining to me. Because it was just like his facial reactions when like he would like be talking and then like Byron would say something stupid. And then Joe's facial reaction, he's just like, motherfucker, like I have to sit next to this dude every fucking day. (laughs) I have to put up with this. But it's just like his facial reactions, how he talked, like he would get hyped during matches and it's like um, it's like when they replaced them on Monday there was something missing it, there yeah. was when Joe came out on the commentary table for the first time I was just like okay because they were doing that weird like trying to find a replacement and then Joe came out and it was like dude he can just do commentary for the rest of his fucking life and I know he doesn't want to Joe Joe should have been a multiple champion multiple time champion during the run i know he medical stuff but if he did not have that he was so hot anytime 
Joe and Mickey James is the same way. You could have prevented Joe in a feud with anybody on that roster, and they could have sucked. If you had Joe as a and this guy was a baby face, Joe would have put this dude over. Like he would read your ass so bad. It's like what Janae says, like her big thing is like, hey, like people are tired of like the heels being dominant and then the faces get their ass kicked and then like all of a sudden it seems like the answers are just come out and reach out to them and they're like, stop getting your ass whooped, my child. Like, <laughs> look what Joe did with AJ and Jeff Hardy. He, he did. He crossed that line and you either really like it like even with me, Joe made me feel sorry for AJ Styles. When he started talking about his wife and his kids, I was just like, this man just crossed the line. Not cross. And like people were going fucking crazy for it. Not to mention the fan girls were ready to change, like change their name to Wendy. And that's a whole nother story. <laughs> like, like you couldn't take Mickey James and be like, hey Mickey. We need you to like maybe like work in the PC. And this one, the whole, and I know we're going to get into it, but like this whole bullshit, Laura Nida said they cut them due to budget cuts. How much were you fucking paying these people to be like, oh, they're putting a dent into our profits? Also, didn't y'all just sign a multi, multi million dollar deal for many, many years with the Peacock app? And you're telling me you lay these people off to the fucking budget cuts? The other ones, I understand. Joe, Mickey, and Billy, fuckers we just saw at WrestleMania? Nah. I think I'm more pissed off about this year than I was last year because it was the year today they did this. It was Black Wednesday. And I'm mad for Chelsea because this bullshit they got Carmella doing, I could easily have seen Chelsea do it better. That's all I was saying. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm so pissed about Joe. I'm so fucking pissed about Joe. You just, like, Joe and Mickey, that could have been the key to your future. And you threw it away. Like, way to fucking go. Dumbass. <laughs> I'm done. Today, you're last. Um, so... I wasn't surprised about them releasing people because that was kind of a thing that they did after WrestleMania. They released people. They stopped doing it for a while and then they started doing it again. I was more surprised at the people that they did release and the people that they decided to keep out of all the people that uh, they released. Um, My thing is, so with Samoa Joe, obviously WWE wouldn't clear him why they wouldn't clear him maybe he actually isn't cleared and he thinks he can go and the doctor's like no you can't um maybe he went to go get a second opinion and they were like no that's not gonna work but in in that case Samoa Joe was still would still be instrumental to WWE you could have kept him on um commentary he's great at it he's good you could have made him someone's manager I don't know if you would want that but I mean at the same time you could have kept him as a manager of some sort. He's really good at promos. You could have been like, how about we work with you to continue to get you clear, and as, in the meantime, we can go down to the PC and teach promo class, because like Alexis was saying, 
people on promo suck. Yeah. There are people right now in WWE that I would, even if they were still wrestling, that I would say, hey, I want to use you uh, maybe a day or two out of the week to hold promo classes because y'all be reading these bitches. Samoa Joe is one of them. Kevin Owens is one of them. Sonya right. Deville is one of them. Alexa Bliss is one of them. Oh, yeah. um, Drew McIntyre is one of them. Sheamus, he's not bad on a promo either. Yeah, for the energy factor, I'd send Montez Ford down there. He's not bad on promos at all. Agreed. Um, I will probably send Bailey down there as kind of like an assistant. Is she the greatest? No. But actually, if you look at her promo she's doing now to the promo she did when she was a hugger, miles ahead, way better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have, you know, used him in that. I still, I just see no reason as to why you would release Samoa Joe when you could still use him in some sort of capacity. Chelsea agreeing. Y'all didn't even give her a chance. Every t- and the unfortunate thing is every time you guys did try to move her, unfortunately, he messed up her wrist twice. And that is an unfortunate accident. But at the same time, you could have used her somehow, some way, because it's not like the girl's not a bad wrestler. She's not a bad wrestler. Obviously, you've seen the work that she did when she was on Impact. Her character, where she was crazy as hell, wasn't a bad character at all. It was actually pretty good. She can act. She's damn good. You could have used her. At one point, you were going to use her. So I don't know what the hell happened in between those six months. Yeah. But at one point, at one point, you were. Um, Tucker, here's my thing. I like Tucker. I think out of heavy machinery, Tucker is the better wrestler by far. The man can move. Like, not saying Otis can't, but Tucker, the man can move. If anyone's seen him at Elimination Chamber, you could really see that. Tucker knows what he's doing. I necessarily, I wouldn't have broken up heavy machinery. Um, I would have kept them together. If you had to put the, the, give him the briefcase, I would have changed it and be like, well, to me, tag titles are also a world title in a sort of sense. I would have had them cash in on the, the world titles. I don't think Otis needed that briefcase at all because they didn't know what they were doing. They were riding the wave of how popular Otis was because of the storyline with Mandy Rose. So they decided to give him the briefcase and had no plan and no execution of what they were going to do afterwards. And that was the problem. They pushed Otis, got rid of Tucker, and he was just hanging out on main event mm-hmm. or, or not doing anything at all. Me personally, I would have kept Tucker and got rid of Otis because I could use Tucker Otis, he's playing this heel on, on SmackDown right now, What well, I guess it's fine, but I, I would rather have Tucker because I feel like I can use Tucker in a lot more things. But if we had to get, if it, if it couldn't be, if it couldn't be one without the other, then yes, I would get rid of both of them. Um, so I thought that was really weird. Kalisto, on the other hand, and everyone knows, I'm a big Lucha House Party fan. They were originally all together mm-hmm. in Lucha House Party. Um, they're wrestling skills as far as lucha libre and luchadors was amazing like you, they could come down the ramp and may not even get any cheers or anything but the minute they get in the match and they actually start wrestling the crowd would get behind them because they were just that good and that entertaining mm-hmm. so i was just like i would not have released Kalisto. i just would have sent them to raw and put him back with lucha uh, lucha house party i would have came up with a storyline that you know I would have had the, the, that little battle royal they had, and during the battle royal where, you know, they were trying to do the Lucha thing and they threw them out, I would have them work together just because it's in the essence of 
them helping each other out and found a way to put them back together. And then you could have had them won the titles and do the same thing you did with the New Day, where it doesn't matter who had the tag titles, everyone is counted as having the tag titles. Yep. And I would have used them that way because the simple fact of the matter is I would rather put tag title teams together than AJ and Osmosis. Agreed. To me, AJ and Osmosis, that is an odd pairing. It doesn't work. If you looked at the way Osmosis was wrestling, he barely wrestled. I called it when we were watching the pay-per-view. Osmosis is going to get the tag and then get the win by doing the bare minimum. And, and that's, that's exactly what happened. He did the bare minimum. I would, have li- I would have literally put Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo into a tag team. I would have put the Lucha House Party back together. Um, I would have basically had a turn. And I honestly, I would have put the tag titles from Raw because I don't want to give them back to the New Day because they're 11-time champs. They don't need them. I probably would have kept them on the Hurt Business, not break up the Hurt Business. But then Period. I would have put, put the tag titles on Lucha House Party. And then I would have them run with the tag titles and have them go up against um, Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. Um, if you're not doing anything with Drew Gulak, I would have found like a team to put him on or something like that. But I wouldn't have gotten rid of Kalisto. Like that, he's really awesome. Um, Mickey James, like she's she's a veteran. Why would you not have a veteran in that locker room? You have Tamina and Natalia on SmackDown. You could have had Mickey James on that locker room if you weren't going to do the storyline with Chelsea Green. You could have left her on Raw and had a whole thing uh, with her being a veteran on Raw because they need that. They need the women there. They don't have that person who's a veteran that can help them with their matches in the workflow. Like the girl is like a basket of knowledge. Why wouldn't you want to use her? So I, I really didn't understand that. I'm not going to lie. Peyton Royce getting released. I didn't cry over that. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to cry over that. I'm, I will say it is unfortunate that she did lose her job. As with anyone who's been wrestling and they lose their job, it is unfortunate regardless of how I feel about you. But when it comes to the Iconics, Billy Kay stood out the most. The minute they got separated and the whole thing was they were separating the Iconics to give Peyton Royce this push because Peyton Royce is the single star that we want. When you looked at it, who excelled more? Billy Kay. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is they obviously were happy about it because at first you really didn't see her. And then when they started doing the whole resume thing, you literally saw her every week. And it wasn't even in like a, a match. It was a backstage segment where someone could be interviewing a male wrestler and then she just pop up like, here's my resume. If you look on the back, it says I'm a great talker. And it was just like those little things. I hate when she does that. Was, <laughs> those little things were just, they were hilarious. And obviously it was hilarious to the point because then you started putting her with the Riot Squad and then Natty and Tamina. Then you would have her going around trying to find a partner. There was a whole storyline. So obviously you knew there was something good about her because you literally gave this girl a storyline for how long? Then to turn around and release her. Like, let me, I'll just say this, Bailey K, she's not the best wrestler. No, mm-hmm. let's be real she's not but she no. is a chameleon where wherever you put her in she's going to do the best she can and he's going to excel at it so the if she's women, not the women's royal rumble where she came out but she went on commentary and then like, every time, like this was my favorite thing she did she went on commentary and then t- anytime anyone came down that ramp she got off commentary ran over to him and she's trying to like be the partner or give him a resume and i think wasn't it one like 
she tried to do it with Rhea and she took one look at her and started backing away like I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> yeah and that's the thing like like it was it was hilarious and it's like so obviously you saw something in her with a comedic act or not or whatever the case may be to actually like use that girl and like I said she may not be the best buster in the ring but at least even in the ring she's going to give you something to make up for what she lacks and I enjoy watching her in the ring because she would always try to do something silly or stupid or over exaggerate her selling or whatever the case may be but she was very very usable and the thing is like you guys could have used her but you decided not to and released her and honestly if what it's saying is true that Kevin Dunn was because she he didn't think she had a ceiling, a lot of people that you guys push don't have have a ceiling and they're still there. Why is Jackson Riker still there? Hmm. That's the question I wanted to ask. Hmm. Why now is- you cut Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler, and they didn't do anything wrong. Nope. But you keep Jackson Riker, and he's the one who caused all the problems. Then you yeah, so- the team dream. Mm. And that's the thing. So I was just like, why is Jackson Riker still there? Because in reality, if you think about it, I believe it was Steve Cutler. Before uh, they were on the main roster and before they became the Forgotten Sons, uh, I believe it was Steve Cutler who was in a tag team with Buddy Murphy who had Bliss as their manager. You guys that made was tag way team. back in the day of NXT. Yeah. yeah. So, so in my mind, I'm like, you guys need tag teams. You're not using them, nor are you using Buddy Murphy. Why don't you just have Steve Cutler and Buddy Murphy, I don't know, become a tag team again because you need the teams anyway and they get used and you don't have to do this revolving door of Street Profits versus the Dirty Dogs every two weeks on SmackDown. You could be using you, Buddy Murphy like that. You could have put Wesley Blake and Murphy together if you didn't mm-hmm. have Cutler. Um, yep. You could have put Buddy Murphy, um, had him team up with somebody else. I mean, there's plenty of people back there that aren't being used. Y'all just did whatever y'all thought was right. And now your roster is even thinner than what it was before. You hanging on by a thread. And it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. Kalisto being cut was a big point of contingency for me because I enjoy watching Kalisto in the ring. I like him. And I think having, I think Janae is right, having them with the tag titles and giving them opportunities at the titles was a smarter deal than making New Day champion again and then have them go up against Omos and AJ Styles. It doesn't make sense to create a tag team when you have at least two ready tag teams ready to go and you just misusing them. You should have left the titles on the Hurt Business and let the Hurt Business go into Mania as the champions. You left the title on fucking Bobby Lashley. Because, you yeah, know, no. and I mean, the only reason AJ Styles is be legit, the only reason AJ Styles has the tag title is because he's going to be out soon. And that was the only title he never had. He could have got it another time. He did not have to get yeah. it right now. And, and that's that what I didn't awesome. understand. And that's my thing, too. And the thing that bothers me the most is when, you know, you watch you watch a three-hour raw and you see how it's structured and you look at it and you go okay this raw's three hours and i was, remember i was telling rico in our group chat i said it makes no sense on a three-hour raw you average about five matches when smackdown is a two-hour raw and they average about five matches at the same time i said you have a bunch of people back there and then when you hear chelsea green in her interview saying you know, there's people dying to get on TV. And then you hear they were shorts handed on Raw because people weren't clear for WrestleMania no and COVID. And then I'm sitting here like, so 
Drew Gulak, Angel Garza, Humberto Correa. And that's another point, too, Janae made. Humberto Correa and Angel Garza would be a fire-ass tag team. That and shit was cousins. They're and I don't cousins. understand it. I don't understand. Like, you you're not, you don't have a problem making a fucking women's division, taking a whole women's division and making them into a tag team division. You have no issues with that. But you're letting the, the, the tag team division for the men go down the fucking drain. All of them can't fight for the IC championship. All of them yeah. cannot fight for the U.S. title. So why not make it so that these guys can have some reason to be on television? Humberto Carrillo can turn heel and be, a, be with Angel Garza. They can still have their individual characters and still be a team. They do it with Rude and Ziggler as the Dirty Dogs. They're still Rude and Ziggler, okay? They just operate as a team. And so, I like the way they like move these people. But if you put Angel and Humberto together, you easily could have made them like, and I, I don't want to make it sound stereotypical, but you got two good looking Hispanic men, Hispanic men, especially Humberto Carrillo, because that man has like the cutest fucking nipples I've ever right? seen. Oh my God. And he got a deep voice too. <laughs> easily, because we all know Janae how she gets about Angel, but you could easily, one of these, like, you could have easily had someone where it's like, they could have been great heels, and they could have started out with them hitting on dudes' girlfriends, hitting on someone's wife, like, you know, do what Angel was doing, like, turn on Berto heel, and you could have easily had a great tag team that the women fans would be buying up their shit because yeah. it's like, like and I, then they could wrestle, and yeah, then they could wrestle, and you could have used Tucker, too. Tucker could have been used in the United States um, Championship run. He's big enough to contend for that title. And he can do both. He can be a heel and a face. You could have had Tucker, if you just wanted him to have Drew have a notch in his belt, he could have stopped wrestling Randy Orton for six months. Okay? You could have had Tucker and, and Drew McIntyre going at it if you built up Tucker enough to make it work. But you were so busy just making sure people watch that you weren't even utilizing the COVID um, pandemic for what it was supposed to do, which was to give you an opportunity to test out the ideas that you know wouldn't work or that you feel like it wouldn't work, but it probably would have worked out because people were clamoring for something to look at. And you guys exactly. just wasted it. You wasted and exactly. It. That's the thing that pissed me off too, because when you look at the people they have in their like division you could have easily moved so many people around that would fit you have osmosis and aj for the tag teams you have the viking raiders that are back you have the new day that are back you could have threw in lucha house party and you could have threw in humberto carrillo and angel garza that's five teams right there and then when you look at the u.s title division you could throw ricochet back in there because he is a former u.s title holder you could have thrown tucker in there and you could have thrown drew gulak in there because it doesn't matter how big you are. Drew Gulak is a technician wizard. And in my opinion, in honest opinion, technician beats out any kind of high-flying thing that you do. As I long as he, if, if he focuses, If he focuses on a leg, an arm, a neck, or a back, you're not, doing much, of, you're not doing much of anything. I would have took, um, took Tazawa and sent him back down to the PC. I would have took that 24-7 title. And honestly, I wouldn't give it away. I wouldn't like throw it away. I would revamp it and call it something else. I would change that horrible green and gold color. I'll maybe make it I black like with white. Green, 
like maybe make it black with like green trim and then I would change the name if it if in if New Japan didn't take the name I would have called it like the open wear the never open weight title or something like that that would have been my workhorse title that could have been my workhorse title that whoever held the belt that wasn't in a tag team division for the belt the main belt or whatever that's going to be the workhorse title and the rule would have been that title needed to be defended every single match every single raw and it would have been open to all brands even they to the could have brought the heavyweight division yes. yeah and it would have yeah and it would have been you could open call it the middleweight title yeah and it would have been open to all brands to where it could be like anyone who wants to challenge me on a raw because i'm a raw superstar you're allowed to do that do that and then i would have used that because then i would have been like okay i want to see if this person from nxt is ready to be called up and ready to be on TV. I want to see if this person in the PC is ready to be on TV. I would have called someone from the PC and say, you're not going to win the match. I don't want I don't want a squash match. I just want a good 50-50 match. And if they know that, that they are ready to be on TV, I'm not putting you on NXT. I'm bringing you up to the main roster so we can fill out more people in that division. They have room. It's a three-hour raw. The problem is, they have a group of people that they want to use, and then they have a group of people that are called the backups, break glass in case of an emergency. So when yep. they say that they don't have, they were short staffed, they're not counting the break glass in case of emergency because to them, they're not even, even in their thought process. But, and it's not WWE's that haven't done this before. When they were all stuck over in Saudi Arabia, that was SmackDown. That was breaking hit of emergency. And guess what? Tommaso Ciampa and Dolph Ziggler had like one of the best matches that night. And I can, I don't, I think it was Tommaso who won. But that was probably some of the best work I have ever seen Dolph Ziggler do. Well, it was, it was Miz and Ciampa. It was, it was Cole and Brian's match. Yeah, that was fire. That was that, fire. They never wrestled each other ever and they got on national television and put on a fucking clinic and that was when i was all in for adam cole i was like oh hell yeah that's right. my guy that's the my fact guy. that they have never wrestled each other and this was done on short notice to where they literally got phone calls and text messages like two hours beforehand or whatever the case may have been and that they had to get like a motorcade police thing to get them there in time and then for them to be able to put on a match in very short notice to the degree and awesomeness that it was Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan are the rest of that I'm talking about where you can put them in a match with anyone with any different style and they will be able to adapt and make that match good sure yeah. So they have they have the people. They they just don't want to use them. And so that's why I'm just like if you're not going to use these people and you know that you don't you don't have anything for them and you don't see yourself having anything for them in the foreseeable future, put on cold matches. I am someone who is always for a cold match. You do not need to have a storyline for a match. So let's say you have a 3-hour raw and it's like, well, we've been running this storyline maybe for four weeks straight. People are going to get tired of that. Throw on a cold match. Ricochet versus Tozawa, they can go. Drew Gulak versus somebody, they they can go. You know what I mean? Seriously, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. But they need to drop that fucking ninja gimmick now for him. to. Be I hate it. Because the thing that pissed me off so much was when he was on Raw, he was running around in this ninja gimmick, being an idiot, 
But at the same time, he was actively wrestling on NXT, going undefeated. Literally, he was undefeated, being good to because that was not a bad wrestler. Because that was is an amazing wrestler. And I'm just like, how crazy is that? You turn on Monday Night Raw, and you see him running around chasing the 24/7 title, getting caught doing like stupid things, like he's the dumbest person in the world. And then literally two days later, you watch NXT. And he's literally whooping everybody's ass going undefeated in the cruiserweight challenge. And then you look at the opponents he's faced. You're just like, I put the belt on Tazawa. It was just mind boggling how, how they, how they did that. Honestly, if I was Tazawa. I sent him back to, to NXT. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Send Let him go up against Kushida and he, he can wrestle on 205 live. Kushida's um, the ch- cruiserweight champion now. So mm-hmm. let him go down there and he could be, Kushida could stay face. Tazawa can be his heel and he can go down in NXT and give Kushida a good run for his money. That'd be a bomb ass match between Kushida and um Tazawa. That's you know how fire sad. that match. How fire that match would be. That was Kushida and Tazawa. And the thing about it too is out of all the wrestlers that you the, the wrestlers that you didn't release, you should have, like I said, you should have released um Jackson Rack and all of them. Honestly, you could have got a real of uh, Ari Davari. Yeah. That man ain't never leaving 205 but You could have got rid of Tony Nice. Y'all ain't doing nothing with him. Like, here's my question. Y'all, y'all, talk, they're always talking about, you know, they're cutting the fat when they do this. How, you guys got people down in NXT have either been down there for a million years or they're like not even seen. Couldn't you have cut some of those guys? Yeah. Um, I think what it is, I think. Because no one from NXT was cut. It was just the main roster. And I think roster people. I think what it is, because NXT roster, a majority of them actually only get paid like sixty to eighty thousand. And there's a couple of them that get paid over a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. But then you have Balor's the only roster. one who gets a main roster salary. He's yeah. From what I heard, if anyone from the main roster goes back down to the PC, they're probably going to renegotiate and change their roster salary. So it fits what everyone else is making, or at least lower it to where it's like over a hundred thousand. But the ones on the main roster, they were getting paid a couple hundred thousand. I don't agree with it, but I think that's the reason why no one in NXT um, got the boot. Well, it's yeah. a separate budget, so yeah. because they're a separate brand, it's a separate budget. It doesn't. It's it's kind of like. It's kind of like when you're um you're a, a owner of a football team, your stadium budget is different from your football player salary budget. It's a totally different budget. So in that regard, there was no reason to cut anybody at NXT. NXT is pretty trim as it is. So most of the people who come to NXT are just coming in through the PC anyway. And then eventually they will move people to the main roster slowly but surely. But now people can double back to NXT and and go to NXT UK and kind of exist there. And then there's supposed to be a new show coming where more than likely it'll be like Evolve where it's more gritty and they can, you know, kind of hone their skills via the PC and this grittier show. And then they can move up to NXT. There's stepping stones. So instead of it being the titles as the stepping stones, the shows are your stepping stones. You'll start probably in that new show that's supposed to be coming out. You'll then move to NXT. 
If you're good enough in NXT, you might become a champion. If you have great enough character and you wrestle great, you can move up to the main roster. I know that it seems weary and grim right now. And none of us are happy with what's happening. But I always view it as a calm before the storm. And then once the storm blows over, we finally get some peace. And usually it happens that way. So I see this as a means to an end. And unfortunately, people were caught up in the crossfire that Alexis loved dearly and that Janae liked a lot and me too. At the end of the day, it will work out for all of them. In terms of Samoa Joe, he's not going to want for anything. No matter where he goes, he's going to command top dollar and he will be seen. So there's a plus side to Samoa Joe leaving WWE, right? For Mickey James... Mickey James is a veteran in the game just like Joe is, and she's always going to command top dollar. She's always going to be seen. If she goes to AEW, NWA Power, or wherever, it doesn't matter. She is someone who is a focal point. You can't miss her. So I'm not, I'm not worried about Mickey either. And I have a, a sneaking suspicion that Chelsea Green will be perfectly fine. But if she goes yeah. to AEW, she's going to succeed no matter where she goes because of how she operates. And I think that very soon in the near future, these same people who were fired... If they don't, if they're not happy with where they are, or if WWE has finally gotten some change going, which I do see coming, but it's not going to be anytime soon. Once the changes are implemented and things are in a rhythm and we finally get some things that are cool, that we like seeing, new stars are rising, new things are pushing forward. Some of these people are going to return. It's just not going to happen right now. So, ladies and gents, we're going to stop right here for Down for the Count. I hope that you guys enjoyed this particular episode of the show. Make sure you guys follow us on our social media. You can always follow us on our Twitter at Down for the Count 19, or you can follow us on our Instagram at D4TC underscore podcast. We try to keep everything newsworthy on our Instagram and try to keep the lighthearted, shady, fun stuff on our Twitter, because that's what Twitter is. You know, it's a cesspool of just shade and self-righteousness, you know, and cancellations. You know, so we try to keep all that shit over there. (laughs) Make sure you guys follow us on our social media platforms. If you have a specific topic you want us to discuss, you can contact us in through our DMs there, or you can make sure to get us through our Anchor, you can send us a message through Anchor and we'll be sure to get back to you. So with all that being said, make sure you guys stay tuned for the next episode of Down for the Count. That's going to include our read on Mr. Jim Cornette and his thoughts on the women's division. And of course, we're going to tell you guys how you can keep yourself sane while being a wrestling fan. So with all that being said, I'll see you guys next time. Yeah.